0: Hey, hey, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Aubrey Malik, and today I'm bringing you an incredible guest interview with my friend Jenny. And we are going to be talking about how you can leverage your wardrobe to up level your confidence and your business. And I know, speaking from the person who has coined the comfy clothes, leggings, and sweatshirt look all day, every day, I really love this conversation with Jenny and how you can use this idea and concept behind a capsule wardrobe to really help you step into your confidence if this is something that you struggle with and you're also feeling like well I don't really have enough time to devote to this. Jenny shares some really insightful tips on how to make this super simple for you even if you're a busy mom and at the end of this episode Jenny also shares the five pieces that every woman should have in her closet and I am all here for it and I also felt pretty good because I was like I've got a couple of those in my closet so I felt like I was on the right path, but Jenny is a teacher turned mom of twins who found herself a bit lost after becoming a mom. She went on a journey to rediscover herself and to bring confidence back into her life using wellness, fashion, and mindset as a vehicle to get there. She is a teacher by training and a coach now with a real passion to help busy women live a life where they embody the skin that they're in, cultivate confidence with ease, and have the desire to do these things without feeling like it's extra. I'm really excited for you to hear this conversation with Jenny to learn all about this neat idea of a capsule wardrobe and to get all the golden nuggets that she shares. So, without further ado, let's dive on into this episode and go meet Jenny. Each week, I'll be sharing business strategy, systems, and tactical tips that you can take into your business today so you can finally step into that CEO role you desire. Let's dive on into the show. Hey there, Jenny. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today.
1: Me too. I'm so excited to get to talk with a fellow former teacher and talk all things teaching and business and life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's dive right on in for my audience who might not know who you are. Can you give us a little bit of background about who you are and what you do and how you got started?
1: For sure. So I'm Jenny. Um, I am, like I said, I'm a former teacher. I'm now an instructional coach and I work part time still in a public school. And um, before I had kids, I'm a mom to twin boys who are now seven. Before them I did a lot of like personal shopping and closet editing while I was still teaching full-time and after I had kids it really led me to a place of like uh, refiguring out this new body this new lifestyle like all of the things and I spent a lot of time focusing on just figuring that out again for myself and after I kind of went through that transformation of Dressing myself and really like feeling good again and feeling like myself again. Um, COVID hit, and I I wanted to try to like bridge that gap for other women, Um, but now I knew I couldn't do it in person anymore. And I didn't. I was strapped for time, like so many of us moms who are trying to juggle like the work and the family and taking care of ourselves and all the things. Like there was no time to do in person anything. So I kind of just had this idea where I. Created a business of these skills where I meshed together my teaching skills and my passion for fashion and helping other women find things in their closets to help them feel really good again, to be able to do it virtually. So I kind of took like just a mashup of all the things that I had done prior to that point and created a new thing out of it.
0: I love it. What got you into like before doing this all virtually, like what got you into the like personal shopping realm of things? Is that something that you had always thought you would do? Or I'm just so curious about how that becomes a thing. Cause I mean, I would love a personal shopper. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's funny. It's a great question. Nobody's ever
1: asked me that before. You know, I always just, I loved shopping and it's something that my mom and I did quite a bit together, just kind of growing up. It was one of the things we always enjoyed. And I I learned a lot by doing. I'm not like professionally trained. I just learned a lot by doing a, a lot of shopping, which sounds kind of funny. But the, like, the more you do that, and the more you shop with a bunch of different people, you learn a lot about body types and what looks good on different shapes and that kind of thing. And people would just naturally come to me for Advice, style advice, or cleaning out their closets, like my friends and my family. And I always just like when people would come to me, I would say, Oh, like, let's, I should take you shopping. And then it kind of just became a thing because people would, it would open their eyes to this world that existed that I think a lot of women don't realize is actually possible of like putting on clothing that was, is really cut for your body can actually like make you feel really different and really good. If you know, kind of the skills to, to get to that place. And so the more I kind of just would do that, just sort of like, this was fun for me, right? The more it it sort of like snowballed from there. So people then just started, then I kind of created a business. And at that time I called it Denver shop girl, because I live in Colorado and that's sort of what I was doing before. And so, yeah, just, it happened kind of naturally. I mean, you hear that from a lot of entrepreneurs, I think, where you know, people say, how this get, How did this get started? Well, people come to you for the things that you're really good at, right? Just that come naturally to you.
0: Absolutely. I say that all the time to my students. I say this on the podcast. Sometimes you have to think outside the box. And I think sometimes we think, it has to be like, if we are starting a business or for a lot of the women listening to this podcast, like thinking of offering a service to another business owner as a freelancer, they think it has to be so black and white, like, Oh, I'm doing this in my current job. So I must come online and do that. Mm. Um, A lot of times it's, it's your passions. It's maybe things that are something that bring you joy that you're not able to kind of like scratch that itch in your current job. And And so wonderful how something as fun as shopping, I know I love to shop. I don't have, I I wish I had that like natural eye for things, or I will see things that I think would look really good on me, or I see things that are trendy and I just don't, I don't have that. And maybe I need some of of your tips that you're going to share with us today, Jenny, about like how to find things that actually fit you and how to find the right things. And Um, all that stuff. But yeah, I love how you kind of leaned into what people were already asking you for and turned that into a business. So we're going to dive on into how this can help us build our confidence. But you and I were talking before we press record all about how you're making this transition and how as you're growing this business and building it, you are still in working as part time as an instructional coach. So I would just love for you to kind of share just that piece of it and how that has helped you to kind of bridge this gap too. Because I know some of my listeners think, well, I'm so busy I can't possibly do this while I'm working full time. Or in order to grow this, I have to, you know, quit my job and make it full time. So can you kind of just share that experience of what it's been like for you to take this step back and do it, you know, work working at your job part time um, while you grow this business. Sure. I
1: yeah, I, I guess the first thing I would say is I know there are a lot of people who are either teachers or in the education world. And if I felt this way too, before I became, you know, I left the classroom and started working part-time and like part-time didn't even seem feasible. Like didn't seem like an actual thing because I never knew people who were doing that outside of like a job share situation, which I think is Uh, I don't even know if that's true part-time because it's still so much work and you're having to work with another person and partner really close with them. So I think just the first thing I want to say is explore your options. Like, And you're never going to know unless you ask. And the way that it fell into, it kind of like, I went in, I'll tell you what happened. I had my boys and I took a year's leave of absence. um, And at the end of that year, I was like, Still, uh, barely functioning human, and I went in to tell my principal that like I cannot come back, like I have to take another year before I'm going to be ready. And she said, "Have you thought about like doing this coach position? And you could work part time." And so, I think just exploring your options so that you actually know what is available, but you have to put yourself out there and start asking around, like what else, what other options are there. And I think the other thing I would say about that is that. Even though going part-time seems like, oh, like all of a sudden you're going to have like all of this extra time to be able to focus on doing your business. I used to think that way also, because I started this um, during COVID. So my boys were home full-time and I was also trying to like get this thing off the ground and it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. So finding ways where you can manipulate your schedule to be able to focus um, on on building the things you need to build, but also let like reminding yourself that it is going to take time to build and grow. That was a really hard lesson for me, and I think it's just for most people that's kind of the way that it goes, right? Uh, you know, sometimes people turn into these overnight successes, or they grind so hard that it you know, their business explodes over the course of six months or something like that. And that has not been the case for me. So I think just allowing yourself time and space to grow it um, organically and uh, however works in your schedule is another really important piece of that.
0: Yeah, it's so true. It's not a one size fits all. And what works for one person might not be the right choice for you. So you have to really look and see like, what is it, you know, what's gonna work for me? What's gonna be the best for my family? For some people, you might be in a really toxic work environment where it Mm. is the best option just to step away and pursue this full-time. But for some of you, you might wanna take a step back or just go part-time like you mentioned too. So I love that you shared that too because I think a lot of people are gonna relate to that and just know that your your options are there are options there, and you just sometimes have to dig from a little bit or ask and and share like what you're going through, and you you never know something might come up from that. So I want to dive into what you are really passionate about, which is helping women find confidence through their wardrobe. Which I know you and I have been connected about that, and knowing that like I <laughs> I usually am just going always to my comfy mm-hmm. sweatshirt and leggings, even though I work from home. So I would love to talk about this idea of confidence because I think, especially women getting started, they might think, well, I don't I'm not naturally confident or I don't have a ton of confidence. So it's going to be really hard for me to put myself out there to try this. Why do you think like women really struggle with this I with this idea of confidence and thinking that it's either you have it or you don't and it's not something that can be built.
1: Oh, I think that That's a big question. I think that there's a lot of reasons why women struggle with their confidence. But I think probably the biggest one is what we're told confidence looks like, right? It has a certain look to it. And then it's perpetuated by pretty much everything we see online, you know, uh, how it's just sort of portrayed through the media that confidence needs to look to be a certain size to look a certain way to do all of these things to ourselves to put on a face of confidence. And I believe a couple of things about confidence. Number one, it's a feeling. It's not a look. My business is about clothes, right? The clothes can be a vehicle, but really what I'm after is the feeling. What are they doing for you internally. And I believe that when you put clothes on that are made for you and fit you well, they can do something to bring about that feeling within you. And I also believe that confidence is just a skill. So finding the right levers that you can push and pull to bring that confidence about is it's not only possible, it's just something you have to learn how to do. And so, yes, I believe that clothes can be a big part of that and I think it's one of the easier levers, frankly, because once you learn how to find those items, all you got to do is put them on your body, right? The other stuff is happening in your mind and um, your daily practices to focus on your mindset and things like that, because that, you know, our mindset has every, is like the power player in, in the confidence world. But yeah, I think that confidence isn't something that some people have and some people don't. It's, a, it's within all of us. It's just a matter of finding what you need to tap into and what you what you know what things can you leverage to bring it closer to the surface
0: that's so true i love that i love the piece on mindset too i'm huge on mindset i know probably both of us as educators like that is something that we really try to instill in our students i think that's so important from a young age because it helps to work that muscle right and i think a mm-hmm. lot of us grew up with thinking well if i feel this way or if i um look this way or if you know my mind worked this way, then it's fixed, that there's no changing it. And I know as busy moms, we are trying to juggle all the things that prioritizing ourselves and trying to build that confidence might feel like something that's really super low on the to-do list. So mm-hmm. how how would you recommend that women start, you know, start thinking about this confidence, start thinking about something that that it should be something you prioritize, whether you're in business or not, why is that um, so important? And, And what are those steps that we can take towards that?
1: So I think that like any, anybody who's listening right now, it can think of a time when they felt really confident, what, you know, whether it was because, you know, you got your hair and makeup done for, you know, even your wedding, or, you know, a really fun event, and you just remember, like, You felt like confidence, like you embodied that feeling. And when you have that feeling, I think the ripple effect is so powerful because it changes how you show up. It changes how you show up for your kids, for your spouse, for your friends, for your colleagues. Like it literally impacts your whole day. And I think the more confidence we have, the bigger impact we can make. I think if women are, if we're feeling like our most confident selves, we can conquer the freaking world. So I do believe that if we can put some emphasis on it and we can focus on that, then, you know, the potential is limitless. So for, for me, if there's a reason why I want to practice it, there's a reason why I want to put the steps in place to Um, create that in my days as often as possible. And the ways that you can go about that, I think you can start really small and find some little wins. Because for me, when you start to see little changes, they begin to snowball and they create momentum. So, you know, if it is simply getting out of your sweatshirt and leggings every single day and putting on real clothes, not be beca- not for the sake of what other people are going to think of you or just like oh i should get dressed actually putting effort into getting dressed and putting clothes on that actually make you feel good or feel like yourself again not just mom or not just you know teacher or whatever it is the role that you're that you're playing putting things on that actually light you up i believe could be some one of the small wins and putting a little bit of effort into yourself and Yes, I know we're all strapped for time and finding the time to put some effort into yourself does feel low on the totem pole. But, you know, if you're getting ready and you're going into school or you're working from home, you know, getting up a half an hour earlier to like shower and, you know, maybe wash your hair, maybe it's a hair wash day, maybe it's not. And then, you know, putting some effort into actually putting real clothes on, I think can create some of that momentum so that you can start to remember what it feels like to feel like yourself to feel good in the skin you're in. um, And to give you just a little boost of confidence, it's certainly not going to happen overnight. Right? Like you said, it's a it's a muscle. So you have to kind of keep working it. And then you'll eventually start getting better at it and better at it and better at it. And you might even look forward to stepping into your closet. One of those days where you're like, okay, this is going to be fun. And that is that's what I'm after.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can totally relate to that. I like even last night I had to do a training and I didn't get, I don't, I don't ever get all dolled up, but you know, I put a little bit of makeup on, I did my hair <laughs> and right. it de- definitely it changed how I showed up. I just felt better about myself. So I can totally relate to that. And I can say for a fact that it does help. And anytime, like, especially because I feel like I work from home, I don't, put a ton of effort into my day-to-day appearance. So like when I do get ready or we go out on a date night or I do put a little extra time and effort into it, I can see a shift in myself. So I can definitely attest to that. And I want to dive into this next piece of our interview, which is the idea of a capsule wardrobe, which before you and I ever connected, I had never heard about, which I know seems kind of strange because I think a lot of people are like, oh yeah, I've heard of a capsule wardrobe, but I would love for you to talk about how this can really help us in this pursuit of, you know, taking a little bit more time and effort to put things, put time into helping us to feel more confident and how as busy moms, that number one can feel daunting, but with this idea of a capsule wardrobe, it can really help us to do that with a little less time commitment.
1: For sure. So I am such an advocate for finding things that are going to save you time and take some of the decision making off of your plate you know, cause we all need more time and less thinking in the mom world. I, in my opinion. So if you are unfamiliar with a capsule wardrobe, number one, I don't think that's all that strange. I, up until I started creating my own, I probably didn't use that in my regular vocabulary, even though it was how I approached my own wardrobe. So a capsule wardrobe is simply a collection of mix and match pieces in your closet that really play well together. So all of your tops will essentially go with all of your bottoms. Um, So it's like, okay, I could grab this top and this bottom and I'm dressed for the day, right? It's supposed to, you know, eliminate the work, like the getting dressed drama, Uh, eliminate that feeling of walking in and feeling stressed out, trying on a million things, getting sweaty and frustrated and still not feeling put together. So the capsule is supposed to take that off of your plate. And sometimes you if you just Google capsule wardrobe, you're going to see like a whole range of different approaches to this idea. And some people will say, hey, you can have 15 pieces in your wardrobe. And like, that's your wardrobe. I'm a little bit more like I'm not quite that minimalist when it comes to my wardrobe. I like a little more variety than 15 items. But the, the whole approach is like, I'm gonna have some really great quality pieces that I've probably invested in that I know are gonna live in my wardrobe year after year after year. And then I'm gonna have some more affordable pieces that I might rotate out seasonally, or maybe they last a year or two and then they're they're done because they've kind of, you know, lived their life um, and they're falling apart or or whatever. So it's kind of like a a healthy mix of like really great, affordable, budget-friendly pieces with a couple of pieces that I believe are worthy of investment. And then what I teach you to do is edit your closet. Number one, if you are walking into a chaotic closet, you're already behind the eight ball on making decisions and trying to pick out an outfit for the day because it's it just feels overwhelming. And so I teach you how to edit your closet. And then I also um, teach you how to figure out your body shape. And that's another piece of the puzzle that makes getting dressed really freaking frustrating. And it doesn't have to be that way. You just need to understand some things about the shape of your body so that you can find the right pieces to fit your body. And then we talk about, okay, are there gaps in here? Are there things that are missing from your wardrobe now that we like have it organized you can see like, whoa, I have a lot of black in here. I don't have a lot of color or I have a lot of pants and I have no top. You know, So it's once you can do the work in your closet, it's going to drive the decision-making around things that you actually need to add in. Um, and then we start to build outfits and we create formulas for your body shape so that it's like grab and go. You walk in your closet, you know that this pant and this top are made to go together and you're done, and you throw on your shoes, and you're ready to go. So that's kind of how the whole system works to help make getting dressed easier and get you to a place where you feel really confident when you're walking out the door without having to put a ton of thought into it.
0: That's the piece that I love about it the most is the, like the thought process. Because like I said, I, I like shopping. I like the idea of finding things that will look good together. But the idea of like having to go into my closet. And I am not that natural person of like, oh, I can grab this thing and this thing and this thing. And even though I bought them all at separate times, like I know they will go together. I know they will look good on me. I just don't have that skill. So I love that this takes that guesswork out of it for me. Um, I wanna back up just a little bit and talk about the editing piece of the closet because I will just be 100% honest with you, Jenny. This is where I struggle because I am that person that when I go through different times of the year and I'm pulling out clothes out of my dresser or drawers or out of my closet, I'm like, well, I, you know, I haven't worn this, but you never know. There might be that time. And then uh-huh. I always have that feeling of like, I will go to like donate it. And then I, the next thing I know, like next week, I'm like, oh man, I wish I had that shirt. It would totally go with this outfit. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so here's here's my shtick about editing your closet. I know that it can be emotional, number one. And I know that it's hard sometimes to let go of pieces because you're like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it, but here is, here's kind of my hard and fast rule around that. If you like, we're leaving summer, right? Most, uh, depending on where you live, either summer has left or it's getting ready to kind of ease out. And if you look at your summer wardrobe and you did not wear something that this season, whether it's because it didn't fit or you just weren't feeling it or like whatever, you really need to ask yourself, If I didn't wear it this season, am I going to wear it next summer? And if it's because it didn't fit you, like those clothes, this is one of my biggest pet peeves is that we leave clothes in our wardrobe because we think we're going to get back down to that size. Most people aren't leaving things in their wardrobe that are too big for them. Most people are leaving things in their wardrobe that no longer fit because our bodies have changed. Um, We've had babies. Hello. Hello. And you let those clothes tell you that you are not enough, that you're not that that you're no like your body is no longer good enough. And in fact, your body has just done miraculous things, or things have shifted and changed in your life. And your body's just different. And those clothes are no longer no longer serving you. In fact, they're probably sending you nasty messages. Every time you look at them, get Mm -hmm. rid of it, get them out of your closet. It's just you know, it's a piece of clothing. And if like, Two weeks from now, you're like, oh, man, I wish I had that top. I wish I hadn't given it away. Well, let's open the door to a new possibility. That there's probably something out there that's similar and better than that top. And you can go find something that fits your budget that you can replace that you're probably going to like a heck of a lot more than that top that you gave away because it was five years old, 10 years old, 20 years old. Because I know some of you have items in your closet that are 20 years old. No, <laughs> like no, they got to go. So. That is my rule that if you haven't worn it that season, you really need to dig deep and say, what makes me think I'm going to wear it next summer?
0: Mm -hmm. So this is something that we should be doing every season, correct? (laughs) Uh, So I think it's easier
1: because then you're not sitting there saying, well, it just takes some of the like, what ifs out of the equation. You don't have to, what if, if you went through and pulled everything out that you didn't wear this summer. You don't have to what if it because you know you didn't just wear it. You 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 can operate from reality, not from a what
0: if standpoint. Okay. I like that. And then so do you – so you're kind of like going through and are there – I guess my next question would be like are there certain pieces that you say – stay in your closet all year long like do you at the end of summer do you go through pull all of that summer wardrobe out like I'm a tote person so I'll put it into totes so that I we don't have it I live in a hundred year old house so we don't have a ton of closet space Mm -hmm. so I have to yeah pull clothes out in order to make room for new things to come in, especially fall time and winter time like I need all the sweaters and all the space for that so is that kind of what you do you go through pull out all summer and then bring in fall
1: so I think it depends on your closet situation and how, you know, how much space are you working with. If you are your space is super confined, then yes, I do think it makes sense to switch it out seasonally. I don't like to do that because it's more work. Um, and then when things are more work, you're less likely to do them. I have a single rack of clothing in my closet that and that's it. That's my whole wardrobe. And so even though like this is the business I'm in and I love to shop and I like one of my I love it. I, it's my passion. I still believe in quality over quantity, and I leave everything. So I organize my stuff from sleeveless to long sleeves. I fold my sweaters. um they live in a bin that's up on a shelf because sweater, you know, hangers are bad for sweaters, but like outside of that, my wardrobe just sort of stays there. So are there things that are for the su- from the summer that I know I'm not gonna wear in the winter? Yes, I do live in Colorado though, and sometimes, you know, in December, we'll still have 50, 60 degree days where I can wear a short sleeve top underneath a blazer or underneath some kind of top layer. So some of those pieces do still play into my winter spring wardrobe. So I don't take everything out from a season and get rid of it, because you never know when you can layer and play things up. And also, sometimes we travel to warmer climates that I'm like, I'm going to pull those pieces to take with me on a trip. So I just like to be able to see visually my whole wardrobe at all times, because that's what works for me and it fits in my closet. So that's sort of how I operate. Awesome.
0: All right. So the next question that I have is as you are going through, so maybe somebody's listening to this and they're like, I love this idea of a capsule wardrobe. I love this idea of kind of having these staple pieces and knowing things that can mix and match together. Do you feel like it takes a couple seasons to kind of build up that collection of like not having to feel like every season I have to go out and get all these new pieces or like after a few times you can start to like, oh, this these jeans that I got in the fall, like they'll apply like as I start to transition into springtime. So I'm not going to need to like go get when I get my spring capsule, I'm not going to need to go get new jeans. Um, Does it take a couple times, or do you? I know that you and I have talked about this too. Is like kind of like looking at what you already currently have and what can work before you go out and just buy new stuff.
1: Yes, I'm so glad you asked that question because I do think that is one of the major misconceptions about a capsule wardrobe. It is not designed, at least mine aren't designed, to say go buy all the pieces in the collection and then you can have a great wardrobe for the season. I want you to first shop your own closet. And by all means, if you have a favorite pair of jeans, that should serve you, depending on the climate you live in, all year long, right? Now, I will caveat that by saying, if you have a favorite pair of jeans, I want them to be like jeans that really like flatter you and make you feel like a million bucks, not just like they're comfy, throw on, you're used to them, they're soft, whatever. Like I want them to actually create confidence in your body and how you feel in your clothes. But yes, you should absolutely have pieces in your wardrobe that are there for the long haul that you can say, okay, she paired a top like this with a pair of straight leg denim, I have straight leg jeans, I could find a top that's similar to that And then I can create that outfit without having to go shopping. I want you to find everything that works in your closet that you really love and then try to mimic the outfits that I've created in the capsule with pieces that you already have. And then also like you can then decide, all right, I'm really sick of wearing these same like five to ten tops. I want to beef up my top. Options. So then you can find the pieces in your budget. So that's the other great thing that I that I do is that I show you a piece and how it like this piece might be a little outside of your budget. So I give you options that are very similar. So you can actually shop within, you know, within your lifestyle that makes sense for your bank account. So to answer your question, there are absolutely pieces that like you shouldn't be replacing every season. In fact, I literally just shot a video yesterday where I gave um, a little secret away, which is I don't even have all the pieces in the capsules every time I, I practice what I preach. I don't buy a whole new wardrobe every season because I'm using pieces over and over and over again that I already have. Now I do, I do add in a good amount because it's part of being able to show the clothes and I know all the clothes in the capsule, but I don't personally own every single item, every single season, because I don't believe that that's sustainable for anyone.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing that was coming up when you were talking is, so how do you, (laughs) how do you restrain yourself? I know you said you like to shop. I, like I said, I like to shop my boys love to shop. It's something that we've done from an early age. I would like, you know, take them even just to pass time, like, Hey, let's go to Marshall's. Let's go to the old and And they love doing it. So Mm -hmm. how do you pull back when you're at a store and you see something like, do you run it through your capsule first? Or do you say like, Oh, this isn't going to fit right now. So I, you know, shouldn't, how do you, how do you handle that?
1: <laughs> that's a good. Uh,
0: uh, you're you're making me give away all of my secrets. So
1: uh, <laughs> sorry.
0: <laughs> no, that's
1: right. So I have a. I have a. I have a couple of things that I do. One, when I teach you to edit your closet, there is this hack that I teach, um, which is at the end of my one rack, I have all my empty hangers, and that is a visual cue to myself. If that, that has gotten, if there's only a few empty hangers left then I likely don't need to be adding anything to my wardrobe at that time. When I go through and do an edit and I am purging a bunch of items and my empty hangers grow and I have a huge chunk of empty hangers, then I will allow myself to say, okay, do I have some gaps here? What needs, you know, what do I need to add in? And I do, like if I am out shopping, I kind of run it through. Can I, like, what kind of use can I get out of that top? And I'm also like a really big, on functional fashion. So, if I'm buying a top, I want to be able to wear it to school, I want to be able to wear it to uh go out to dinner, I want to be able to wear it while I'm working from home, I want to be able to probably wear it when I'm chasing the boys around the neighborhood. Like that top better be able to serve a multi-purpose function in my life. And so, I do sort of run it through does it fit my lifestyle? Does it fit the things that I actually need in my wardrobe? If so, okay. Then I might then I might add that piece and if not then I usually say no. And also like there are times too when I might buy something and I bring it home and then I'll go put it with some pieces to see like do I actually love this and do I see myself putting it in the rotation? So sometimes it takes taking it home to actually like decide and I I'm big on returning. Like if it doesn't doesn't work then I return it. So that's kind of that's my process for how I determine and how I try to like keep myself
0: <laughs>
1: under control.
0: <laughs> right? That's exactly what I was I was thinking. How do how do I practice self-control when I when we go shopping? Okay, so as we start to wrap this up, I think one of the last questions I want to ask you is starting with a capsule ro- wardrobe might feel like a little overwhelming for somebody, but mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's better just to like start small than to not start at all. So If you were to say like, what are five pieces that you feel like every woman should have in their closet? Like, and maybe they already do and they just don't know it. Like what would be those five pieces that you would recommend you should have this in your closet? And this is where I would get started
1: first. Well, I would always 100% say the first place you always need to start is editing your closet. You need to clear out the clutter. You need to operate from like a place of like, these are things that I actually want to wear. That fit me and make me feel good. That's step number one. No matter what I like, no matter what, that's going to be the first step. Next, so the the things that I think you should have in your wardrobe for the fall season, because these can kind of morph and change based on the season. So here's what I would say: you absolutely must have for the fall. You must have a pair of jeans that make you feel like a million bucks. You have like, and I know a lot of women struggle with jeans, but they are one of the most versatile things you can have in your wardrobe because they're so easy to dress up and to dress down. You just need to find the right pair. I do have a denim guide that I have not started um, promoting yet, but it is available. It's free that'll teach you how to find the right jeans for your body shape and then links to where you can find my favorites. So I will share that with Aubrey so she can put that in the show notes for you guys because that's a must have for me. I also believe you must have a denim jacket. And there are lots of different styles of denim jackets out right now, especially with all of the like 80s trends on the rise. I don't like the 80s trend jackets because I just think they're very boxy and not flattering. Mm
0: -hmm. Get one
1: that's cropped that hits at your waist because it's again, so versatile. It's such an easy layer to throw on and you can even wear a denim jacket under a heavier jacket to get you to wherever you're going. So a denim jacket Um, I also think you need to have a great pair of statement sneakers. And those are sneakers that are like fashion sneakers that you can wear in a million different ways, especially in the fall season, in place of like fancy dress shoes, even when you're going to work, like you could pair them with a blazer and some great jeans and a blouse even. So there are so many different ways you can wear statement sneakers that are much like, like more widely acceptable these days post COVID, like going into the office statement sneakers. So these are not like workout sneakers. These are like really cute, chic sneakers. Um, They're all over my Instagram. So if you want to find some examples of those, they're there. I think you need to have a blazer. So another layering piece blazers are again, are such a great way to dress your outfit up without really having to change anything except putting the blazer on. And they're just a, like they're also a really great way if you're carrying weight around your midsection to camouflage and to help you feel a little less exposed and they just create a really nice silhouette. I just love a blazer to be able to transition into cooler temps, but not wearing full on coats. And then I think you need something that makes you feel sexy. And I think that's a really something that even like saying the words out loud might feel uncomfortable for a lot of moms and a lot of women, Mm -hmm. but it is, we deserve to like, remember that that is a part of us. So whether that's a little black dress or whether that's a cute, you know, maybe a lower cut blouse than you're used to wearing around the house or into the office, or maybe it is you know, a cute, there's lots of like faux leather shorts or a pair of heels, something that reminds you of like that part of yourself. We're allowed to have those things. We're allowed to remember what that part of us feels like. And I think you deserve to remember that and like put them on from time to time. I love that. Those are my five pieces.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. You just gave me so many ideas and I'm, i am I was like smiling ear to ear when you were talking about the denim guide because that was one thing that I'm like, I struggle with so much because I've got some junk in the trunk. Like, that's just the way that I was born, but I'm super short. So, finding jeans that like, I struggle so much with like the length of jeans because I even the straight. This, that was like the, one of the new trends, right? These like straight jeans. I love them on other people. I think they look so cute and I would love to do them, but I can never find the right length for me because anytime I put them on they're they're not cut right at my ankles, right? They mm-hmm. go down and then they just don't like look full length. So, yeah. So I'm so excited to grab that because I, I, I know that is an area that I need help and I love wearing jeans, but it is always a struggle for, it's always been a struggle for me to find the right pair of jeans. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I hear that. And like, I think it's probably the number one thing that most women can't find. Yeah. So I hope the guide will help. Um, I have some ideas for you, Aubrey. So I will send them, (laughs) send them your way. Um, But yeah, I do think it's going to be just a really great tool when you're trying to, yeah, I know it can feel like you want to pull your hair out when you're shopping Mm -hmm. for
0: jeans. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been so helpful. I know this is like totally different from the business side of things that we cover here on the podcast, but I think it's so important because I think this can kind of impact the rest of our life. It can help one hundred percent impact impact how we show up. It can impact how we feel about ourselves. It can impact how we show up for our business. So I'm so thankful that you came on and shared all of this with us. I know my listeners are really going to love this. So please share where you can. They can learn more about you, your capsules. Where can we connect with you? So I am on
1: Instagram, of course. And if you just Google or Google, (laughs) if you just type in Jenny Zook, uh, you'll find me but it's jenny's underscore style underscore confidence you can also find me at the lots of great tools there as well on the blog and just more information about what a capsule looks like and how it functions all of those things but i really come at the content that i put out there from a teaching lens right it's it's meant to help you learn these skills so hopefully you'll find some things of value there um and uh, yeah outside of the denim guide i also have a fall fashion refresh like quickie guide If you're looking for just a couple of pieces to add into your wardrobe that aren't going to break the bank and how you can style them, that's another great freebie. And there's even a little um, mini body shape guide there as well that will get you started on that process to figure out some pieces that are going to be really good for your body shape.
0: Perfect. We'll link all of that up in the show notes so that you can grab that. I know I'm going to go grab that too. Thank you so much, Jenny, for coming on today and sharing this with us. I know my listeners are just going to absolutely love this. Thanks so much for having me.